From Uninterrupted, this is 17 Weeks, the show that gives you the real-time perspective of NFL stars living through the weekly grind of a season. I'm your host, Nate Burleson, and this is Week 15. We are joined by my three playoff-bound co-hosts, Eric Ebron of the 11-3 AFC North-leading Pittsburgh Steelers. It's a sad year, bro. No, I have a black Christmas. I'm cool with it. Somebody better come on my porch and start singing us. <laughs> Jamal Adams of the 10-4 NFC West-leading Seattle Seahawks. I'm allergic to the pigs right now. You know, obviously I got butterfingers, so shit, I'm about winning, bro. And Emmanuel Sanders of the 10-4 NFC South-leading New Orleans Saints. And my wife, she's been tricking him for the past months with this elf on the shelf, and she just wants me to, like, go along with it and lie to them, and I'm just looking like, I don't want to be a part of this. <laughs> it's like, I'm not about to tell you these elves have moved. Like, I can't lie to you. I'm sorry. Before we get to this episode, quick timeout. 17 Weeks is brought to you by Uninterrupted and SiriusXM. New episodes drop every Thursday. You can listen to it on demand on SiriusXM or for free on the Pandora app. The show is also available on Apple Podcasts and other podcast platforms. Also, be sure to follow us on social media too at 17 Weeks Pod for more content from the guys. Wherever you listen to it though, be sure to subscribe, rate five stars, and share the show too while you're at it. All right, let's get to this week's episode. It's time for the breakdown. Week 15 is history. Only two more weeks left in the regular season. And two more teams have secured berths in the playoffs. The Bills clinched the AFC East title and punched their ticket to the postseason with a decisive win over the Broncos on Saturday. And Jamal in a Seahawks victory over a tough Washington football team got Seattle into the playoffs. Despite the return of Drew Brees, Emmanuel and the Saints lost a close one to the Chiefs in the Big Easy and what may possibly be a Super Bowl preview. Tom Brady mounted another epic second-half comeback versus the Falcons to keep the Buccaneers' playoff hopes alive, while a Dolphins' victory over the Patriots eliminated New England from playoff contention for the first time since 2008. Week 15 also gave us two shocking upsets. The previously winless Jets defeated the Rams in L.A. for their first victory of the season, and Eric and the Steelers were beaten by the Bengals Monday night in Cincinnati for their third loss in a row after an 11-0 start. But all of us were more concerned when Eric injured his back in the second quarter and had to be carted off the field, never to return to the game. Roethlisberger with good time. And into heavy traffic. They go to Ebron, and he's down. Eric, can you break down what happened? Well, first, I was about to complain about the flag because I was wait. I was, the ball was about to come right over dude's hand and land right in for this nice little pocket I made it. And as I'm like, okay, here comes the ball. Boom. I just lose sight of the ball. And I'm next thing you know, I'm flipped upside down. So I was about to get up and complain about the flag. Like, yo, <laughs> my back was just on fire, like on fire. And I was just like, yo, like, you know, breathe. It'll go away. Okay, you know, give it a few minutes. You got time. You know, I'm not in a rush. This gives my offense time to talk. Like I wasn't in a rush, but then I couldn't um I couldn't I couldn't shake the pain and the feeling. So when I got hurt, man, it was more like, you know, where was the flag? But after that, it was more like, all right, like what like, what's really going on because this isn't this isn't usual. I understand some fans on social media didn't believe the hit warranted you coming out of the game. As much as people complained, it was so funny. You know, people on my Twitter was like, you know, that's the softest hit ever. And I was dying laughing because it's like, bro, you have no idea what we go through out there. No, it's just funny. Like, you got to bring it up because 
you know, a lot of people just talk. So, you know, this is an opportunity for me to enlighten people. So people have no idea, like, what you go through. Like, it could, maybe it was a soft hit or maybe it wasn't. Like, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't watch the play. I hate watching plays in which I get hurt. Like, maybe it was a soft hit or maybe it wasn't. But you have no idea what happened to the human body or you know, anything. So it's just funny, man, you know, how people respond to stuff. But yeah, man, I'm all right. You know, more people should be like, yo, bro, you good? Rather than be like, yo, bro, that was a soft hit. Blah, blah, blah. You eventually were transported to the hospital, but first you were taken care of by the Steelers training staff. Our training staff's cool, man. I, I got a really good relationship with them. Um, they did a really good job. That that hospital in Cincinnati was off the chain, man. They, they had everything like, Ready to go. The team was like, like they, man, they were in there ready to do whatever. So it was dope, man. It was, it was nice to be, you know, people to be very hands on and know what they were doing and the process to be, you know, smooth. Because at the end of the day, you know, I was agitated that I couldn't be out there with, you know, my teammates and shit like this happened and we were losing. So there's a lot going on in my mind, man. So it was cool that the process was super smooth and I got what I wanted out of it to hear. And um, just as long as nothing was lacerated, nothing, my, none of my organs and nothing was messed up, I could deal with whatever else, you know, was wrong with me. So just go deal with it. Every team has to deal with injuries. But you guys have been hit especially hard by them. And every year, injuries seem to play a pivotal role in who wins it all. I mean, the healthiest team, honestly, is usually the team that always wins the Super Bowl. Usually, It's usually the healthiest team with the most momentum at the right time always goes into the Super Bowl. Or it doesn't even really have to be the healthiest team. It just has to be the team with the most momentum. So hopefully we just pick up some momentum, man, with whoever we have out there. And yeah, guys are banged up. I'm, we're hurting. But however we got to do it with whoever we got to do it with, we got to go out there and try to figure out a way to win. The team's 27-17 loss to the Bengals was your third consecutive. What do you think has happened to you guys during this losing skid? Bro, I wish I could tell you, bro. Like, I really wish I could tell you. I go into every game just as confident as anybody. I never let anything that happened the week before or previous weeks interfere with whatever, you know, you are doing the next week. Because every week is new. Every every week holds its own challenges. I just think we went 11 weeks too strong, maybe. I don't know, bro. Like, I, I honestly don't know. You would love for it to get fixed. You would love for... Whatever situation, whatever that's happening in your building to, you know, straighten itself out. I go into every game ready, ready to ball. And whatever happens, happens. It's kind of like, it's just how it is. But lately, it's just been like a little roller coaster ride, man. And we're either going to figure it out or we're not. And like I told you last podcast, man, we either is, we're at a fork of the road. We're either going to take it and do something good or we're going to go to the one where the cliff ends. So... I guess we're heading down the wrong one, honestly. So hopefully we get it together. You believe a reversal of fortunes are within reach. So what needs to happen? A momentum. It's just simply momentum. It's just simply a few positive plays, a few adjustment changes, a few different attitude changes, and really just everybody just finding the will to want to win. Um, and that's that's how you win games in the National Football League. People have to find the will to want to win. And when you find the will to want to win and realizing that winning above all else is is better than anything else, so then that's when you'll, you know, try to remain victorious by doing whatever you got to do 
to win that game. So I don't feel like we've been doing that lately, and that's why we've been losing. I don't think we have. I don't think we have the will to win. I think we're just expecting right now to just walk in the stadiums and win. And you know, again, I'm not speaking for everybody. I'm just speaking based off of like how I feel, and I feel you know, we we'll, we'll get an attitude and we'll figure it out and we'll begin to start playing teams the way they play us because a lot of people see the Pittsburgh Steelers and they want to beat us up and that's kind of how it is when you are the big brother in the league kind of how like people were with the Patriots man when you saw the Patriots you're like oh you got to give them your best game so that's kind of what people are doing to us not kind of that's what people are doing to us so we just got to learn how to fight back we got a lot of young dudes man adversity hit way too late in the season so you just got to try to figure out with them to how to you know what I'm saying how to so once we figure out how to we'll be all right Haskins on fourth down. Here comes the rush. He's been sacked the last two plays. Penalty flag has been thrown. Here we go. As Haskins fires downfield to the end zone. Ball was batted down by Shaquille Griffin. Meanwhile, Seattle's 20-15 win over a scrappy Washington football team clinched a spot for them in the playoffs. You guys sure do seem to embrace taking it down to the wire, don't you? Does every game have to be a nail-biter? I know, man. I, I think we like to... I think we like to... Make it close at times, man, and, and make it interesting. <laughs> I know people at home, you know, that are fans, they they they're definitely stressing, you know, when it when the time, you know, comes and we're in, you know, close ball games or whatever the case may be. So uh man, I'm just glad we came out victorious, man. That's all that matters. Was there any locker room celebration after your victory in DC? Yeah, yeah. Oh, mo- most definitely, most definitely, yeah. You know, you gotta you gotta enjoy it, man. Um, you know, enjoying the win. The wins, you know, it's, it's hard to come by in this league, man. It don't matter how you get it. Um, you just got to get the win. And that's all that all that matters. And obviously, you know, they they, they were laughing at me a little bit. Um, well, not really laughing, but they were happy for me, uh, you know, for, for, you know, it being my first playoff run. And uh, for me, man, the mission isn't, you know, it, it's not even finished. You know what I mean? Uh, rest in peace to my guy, Kobe. Uh, the mama mentality, man, the job's not finished. You know what I mean? So we just staying, staying locked in on the moment living in the moment, and uh, continue to work. You got another sack to extend your NFL single-season record for a DB to nine and a half. Now, let's talk about those picks. Yeah, I'm, aller- I'm allergic to the picks right now. You know, obviously, I got Butterfingers, so shit. I'm like, shit, you know, I might, as well, I might as well capitalize on something that I'm doing, you know, pretty good at and keep racking up on these on these sacks, man. So, you know, God is good, man. I'm just out there just trying to do my job, you know, do, do whatever they ask me to do to the best of my ability, always preparing. Um, just to help the team win in any in, in any way. That's what I'm about, man. It's not about individual stats for me. I'm about winning, bro. The Hawks' offensive defense seem to rarely both play well in the same games. Is that a concern going into the playoffs? Not at all. Nope. Not at all, man. We're 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 so confident. I'm confident in those guys over there. Um, obviously, you know things have happened in the season throughout the season. Uh, defense, offense, special teams, whatever the case may be. Um, at the end of the day. Um, getting the win is the most important thing. And I have I have all the confidence in the world. I know what type of offense we have. I know what type of guys and character we have, what type of leadership we have on that side of the ball. Um, so I have no doubt in my mind. I know what those guys are going to do. Um, to me, they're the best in the business. So at the end of the day, I respect them. Um, and we're going we're gonna to continue to go to work and keep our head down and keep continue to grind. Individually, this will be your first appearance in the playoffs. Congrats on that. But is it difficult not to already be thinking ahead to the postseason? I'm, no, nah, I'm still focused, bro. I'm focused on the Rams, bro. When when the playoffs come, it'll come. But obviously, um, you know, just to know that you have extra weeks, extra games, 
Um, that's what it's about. You know, I remember back in high school in Texas, the, the goal was to play past Thanksgiving, right? And if you play past Thanksgiving, you're in the playoffs. So that was that was a pretty cool feeling just to know that we made the playoffs and we get extra games and the season's not going to end here in two weeks. So that's a blessing, man. Mahomes keeps it. Now pitches. Bell. Touchdown, Kansas City. Emmanuel, you and the Saints failed to the Chiefs 32-29. to Why do you think you lost? We just didn't capitalize on the opportunities. You know, offensively, we struggled. I think we went like two for 10 on third down. It was it was just a bad performance. And I, I felt like, uh, even though going into that game, I feel like we didn't lose. I felt like we ran out of time, in my opinion. Like, we got hot in like the fourth, you know, and I feel like we started to figure it out. And, and, you know, when I say we didn't capitalize on the opportunities, you know, I look at, and I'm just not pointing out uh, no specific play or no, player or no teammate. Uh, I just think just uh, the penalties killed us. Um, and then you look at like certain plays in which we didn't capitalize, like drop interceptions or we'll catch an interception and, um, you know, get a flag on it. And, um, you know, and then, you know, the play at the end of the half, right? Uh, that's that's five point swing right there. And so when you look at it just as a team overall, we didn't play that well and we didn't play up to how I feel like we should play. But at the same time, we're playing against the Kansas City Chiefs. Right. And uh, uh, we definitely can't have those mistakes versus them. In, in my opinion, one of the best teams in football, you got the best quarterback in football. And so we can't do that. Drew returned to action after four weeks off due to crack ribs. Any concerns with what you saw out of him? I can only imagine, you know, what, you know, what he was going through. Because for me, like I said, I've broken one rib and had to play in the game uh, the following week. Well, he broke 11 of them and set out three weeks. And, you know, coming back, you know, that first game, obviously you got to feel to see if you can even take the hit or how does it feel to take a hit? Because obviously your ribs aren't all the way healed. You know, I tell people all the time, like in the National Football League, you, you play on a Sunday and... Uh, you know, you, you got five or five or six days to recover for, from an injury that most people would take like three or four weeks. Right. The time uh, to heal in the NFL is so small. but We're out here like literally trying to kill each other, you know. And so, you know, for Drew to come out and and, and play with, you know, the, the ribs and, um, you know, obviously, if I was in that situation, I feel like I'd come out and, and, and play kind of like him as well, like Timmy. Right. Um, but then as the game went on, I feel like he found his groove, and hopefully we can just build off of that. Is there a quarterback controversy in NOLA between Drew and Taysom Hill, or is that just media hype? Uh, we don't we don't even hear that noise. We don't even hear that noise. It's, it, like even if they try to even if they try to uh, bring that out, we don't we, we don't even hear that noise. And then that's not saying that you know Taysom is like a, a bad quarterback, and I'm just saying that that's not what it is. And for anybody to even throw that out when this guy is recovering from. 11 broken ribs, right? In his first game versus the Kansas City Chiefs, the fact that you throw that out, that's 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 for me. That's that's just bad uh journalism in, in my opinion. Back to the game against KC. Seems like you'd like another crack at them and the results might be different. Yeah, and I pray to God we see them again in the Super Bowl, you know? I pray to God and I and I pray to God that we're healthy. You know, uh, we, we have Mike back. We have Deontay back. We have certain guys who they come out and play us man to man. And now, like, good luck, you know. Uh, good luck trying to double team me and then double team Alvin Kamara. Good luck with that. And so, 
you know, I, I'm definitely looking forward to. It. I hope that we can get there again. You know, but you know, as far as you know, facing them, Patrick Mahomes, I got so much. Like I've already had respect for him, but I just got so much more respect for him. And I seen him in the Super Bowl, but now, and I seen him, you know, when I was in Denver. But like the way that he played in that game, I would like he dropped. Like I, I dropped my mouth at least like two or three times. Like no way, right? And uh, that didn't happen. I rarely even, I, I don't think I dropped my mouth <laughs> any in it, like most games. But like just him on the, on the run and the way that he throws the football on the run, it's like a dart. I was just impressed by it. And so, you know, when you got, when you got a quarterback like that at the helm who uh, has so many off-schedule plays that you can't draw, you can't draw that up in a, in, in a, in a in a coach's room, an offensive coordinator can't draw that up. That's just pure talent. And uh, the Kansas City Chiefs go as he go. And uh, so as far as matchups, I feel like next time we play him, we got to be able to contain him more. But we also got to help our defense out and we got to score points. And so that's why I said if we got Mike on the other side and we're scoring points and we can contain him, you know, I feel like we got an opportunity. Is the number one seed in the NFC currently held by the Packers out of reach? Or are you still thinking about it? Yeah, I'm definitely praying for it, but I know that the chances of it happening is 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 slim, right? Because we just lost two games. But you know, like I, like I think I said it like last week or two weeks ago. At some point, you just got to shift your mind. Like you have expectations, and then at some point, you got to shift your mind with a totally different mentality. And so, my mentality, my vision used to be home field advantage, Superdome to get to the Super Bowl. Now it's like, all right, we got to win these two games, get to Green Bay if they're if if nobody knocks them off, and play at Lambeau and and, and expect freezing weather. And I've already shifted my mind to like, no matter what, who's in front of me, I'm, I'm gonna try to dominate them. It don't even matter the the weather conditions or whatever because I just want to get back to the Super Bowl. Eric, next Sunday, you and the Steelers take on your former team, the 10-4 Colts, in a potential playoff preview. How do you see it? It's going to be a fun game for me, especially. I'm excited for it, man. I, just, I can't wait. We'll see my old squad, my old gang. They're, they're like family to me, man. There's a lot of dudes over there that are like family to me in that locker room. I can go on forever, you know? I actually might shed a tear this game, bro, just because of how much I miss those players over there in that locker room because we we had some some really dope moments over there in Indianapolis. Um, as far as management, man, I love Frank Reich and that's probably the only person I really like on that staff, <laughs> to be honest. And I'm just speaking offensively. You know, I only speak about offense. I only speak about the coaches and things that I I, I go through while I'm there. And uh, yeah, Frank, Frank was the man. Frank's the greatest coach. One of the top coaches I ever played for. I really like Frank. I wish I had played my whole career under Frank because we built we built that kind of that kind of bond. I hate how it went down, and I wish they understood me better about how it went down. But I love Frank, and that's it is what it is. When you parted ways with Indy, it wasn't under the best circumstances. What's your side of what went down? I had an injury. They said that you know I was. I mean, it's old, man, and I'm not trying to stir anything up, but this is what happened. You know, was an injury. It was an old, old lingering injury, something we all knew about. Um, when push came to shove and I knew I couldn't go anymore and I knew the injury became too much for me to bear, I chose to go on IR. Now, most people took my decision to go on IR as me giving up on a team and me, you know, leaving a team out to dry and whatever. No, one, I wasn't having a good year. I was hurting. 
Two, we had got thrusted into this really tough situation, you know, with our quarterback retiring and everything like that. And three, man, you know, honestly, I just couldn't, I couldn't wake up every morning and consistently deal with that pain that I have been dealing with all year, you know. And I tried, you know, when Andrew retired, I tried to do my best to be there for them and knowing that I was hurt as well. But that's just not how it went down. I wanted to, you know, continue to try. I was getting treatment every day. I was doing everything I could toward all shots every game to try to deal with the pain. Most people do that. It's nothing too serious. But I tried to give it my best. It didn't work out. Um, things got mixed up. Feelings got mixed up. Uh, it was a tough year for a lot of people. And, and nothing really affected me more than what I heard them say about me throughout my free agency process and my character and who I am because that, everything they said was not who I was and I was happy to come to Pittsburgh and prove otherwise. I felt like they used a scapegoat because I wanted to go on IR to backlash me with who I was previously in Detroit. And I never proved that in Indianapolis and I never showed that in Indianapolis. So I think that's what hurt me more than anything. So I took the fall that year and I'm cool with it. I'm absolutely cool with it. I have no bad blood towards any Indianapolis fans, anybody, man. My wife loved it there. I loved Indianapolis. It was honestly, it's where we, like I, I say all the time, it's where we thought we were going to be for the rest of our, our career there. So uh, nothing, man, nothing too serious. Uh, forever love Indianapolis, but this game is personal and we're going to play it like such. Jamal, before we get to your upcoming game versus the Rams, major props to once again being named to the Pro Bowl. Kudos, man. Yeah, yeah, it feels great, bro. But, you know, man, I was so excited uh, for my boy Quandre Diggs, man. I was I was so happy for him. I called him. Um, you know, he was the first person I called and congratulated. And uh, But, man, I was just so happy for, for Quandre because I know all the hard work he, you know, he's put in. I know all the sacrifice. Um, he's always been kind of overlooked. Um, and he, he finally got that shot and he got in, man. So I'm so happy for him. I wish that he can experience the real Pro Bowl. You know, obviously due to COVID, but man, just to say he got one, that's all that matters, man. And I'm so happy for him, bro. That's my guy. Take your fans behind the curtain and tell us what going to a Pro Bowl is like in a normal year. Oh man, it's a it's a big vacation. That's what it is, man. It's a great, a great little vacation, man. Um, you know, a lot of family time, a lot of time to be around, you know, the the, the guys, you know, the best guys in the business. Um, to, you know, build those relationships, pick people's brain, learn ball, you know, learn other things as well. And, um, and just have it, just have a great time. You know what I mean? So um, the fact that, you know, we get to enjoy that together, you know, that, that that's a special moment. But, you know, obviously we don't get to do that this year. Um, and, you know, again, there's going to be plenty more. So, you know, God is good, man. Just forever thankful for it. All right. Next up for you are the very same Rams in Seattle with only the NFC West title at stake. Bro, it's going to be a showdown. I wish the fans was there, boy. Look, I hope the fans is outside. <laughs> yeah, just watch it. Yeah, yeah. From the stadium, man, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be rocking, bro. Just just by just by us being there, playing one another and going at it, bro. I, I have so much respect for the Rams, bro. It's going down. It's a championship week. It's a championship week every week from here on out. It's from it was a championship week last week, right? And it's just a championship mindset. You got You got You got You got to tap into that. It's, it's time to tap into a whole nother level. Emmanuel, next up for the Saints is a short week and a visit from the six and eight Vikings on Christmas Day. 
a win clinches the NFC South title for you guys. I am aware of it, but I don't feel the emotions that everybody else feel around it, right? And uh, Sean Payne was talking to the team this morning. I was like, dang, like everybody around, when they see the Vikings, it's just a bad feeling off in their stomach. And I'm sure the Rams as well. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't have those those emotions because I wasn't a part of it. But, um, you know, I just see uh, the Vikings as, a, as another team. Uh, that we can get better at because we've already made the playoffs, right? So it's another team that we can get better at and see where we stand and see, you know, it's it's a test, right? And, uh, you know, I'm just, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. It's Christmas. We get to play on Christmas for the first time. So, you know, that's going to be pretty cool to play against every, for everybody to be, you know, sitting in the living room watching the game. You know, hopefully I can put on, you know, I've never, I've never did it. So I'm looking forward to that. This week on The Huddle Up. As we hit Christmas season, Eric, Jamal, and Emmanuel revealed their holiday plans, opening up about finding the balance between football and the holidays, and sharing what it takes to maintain a competitive edge on the field while still celebrating the traditions of the season. Emmanuel, any special feelings this year playing Minnesota on Christmas Day? Nah, it's cool. I mean, most of the time I'm I'm in my living room, like just hanging out on the couch watching LeBron play basketball, right? And now to be playing on Christmas, even though basketball is playing, so it's kind of like mixed feelings. I wish it was like Thanksgiving, but, you know, but, you know, that would be basketball and football alone, but hopefully everybody be tuned in to football, you know, watching the Saints play. But yeah, I mean, just to, just to play on that day, I've, that's that's one thing. I've been in the NFL 11 years, uh, and that's one thing that I haven't done. And so uh, to do it, it's, it's pretty cool. And just how will the Sanders family celebrate this year? Oh, yeah, like uh, probably unwrapped the gifts. I, like I said, I don't know if it's the night before or that morning. And then obviously I got a game. And then after the game, I think probably come home and eat dinner and go to sleep pretty much because <laughs> it, ain't, it ain't like the normal Christmas anymore because I've already got I got the antibodies. So I feel I feel like Superman, like, hey, my family, come on out. I got the antibodies, baby. My family got the antibodies. So y'all come on out. So I got like 12 people uh, coming out, 12 of my family members, of my uh, immediate, my sisters and everybody. And uh, so I guess after the game, we'll, we'll hang out and, and kick it. Do the Saints do any type of gift exchange? <laughs> I bought one gift. I bought one gift. I went to the mall and bought one gift. And that was because we got Secret Santa tomorrow. I had to get Marquez Calloway. So I got him some Creed Cologne. He's a young guy, man. Yeah, he's a young guy, so I got him some Creed Cologne, let him smell good, let him get on his grown man Cologne business. Ah, that's not a hint. That's just me uh, being last minute. <laughs> Christmas is Emmanuel's favorite holiday, but he's conflicted about certain aspects of it. I love I love Christmas, and I think I'm, I'm starting to love Christmas more and more now that I got kids. Even though I don't like the the whole trickery of Christmas because it's hard for me to lie to my kids and my wife she's been tricking them for the past months with this elf on the shelf and she just wants me to like go along with it and lie to them and I'm just looking like I don't want to be a part of this <laughs> it's like I'm not about to tell you these elves have moved like I can't lie to you I'm sorry I don't want to sound like the Grinch or anything right I just well, I don't want to feel like I'm in a Christmas spirit I just feel like the Christmas spirit is, is, a, is, a, is one big lie so I feel like I sound like the Grinch <laughs> damn but I'm not gonna tell them that. I'm not gonna be the bad guy but at some point they'll figure it out Despite playing later that day, Emmanuel is bound and determined to participate in the holiday activities one way or the other, just as he always has in the past. Isn't that right, Emmanuel? 
Oh yeah, yeah. I'll still be there in the morning. I feel sorry for the Vikings players. Like they're they're coming here, so it's like you know you're gonna get to spend time with your family on Christmas. But it's the nature of the business, though. Like I've I've missed Thanksgivings. I've missed New Year's. I've missed New Year's like at least three or four times in eleven years, right? And so you know I've, I've, I I remember one time me and Antonio Brown was. Was roommates back in the Pittsburgh Steelers days. We were roommates on the road, and we spent New Year's uh, literally with two double beds next to Antonio Brown. And what we decided to do is we both just picked up our phones and we called, we posted on our Twitter, and we called fans and we wished them a happy New Year. Jamal, what are your plans for Christmas this year? It's obviously a different circumstance with family coming up and whatnot. Um, my family's gonna stay back. I'm gonna just be be here, um, and, and you know my chef gonna cook up a little bit. But man, I'm 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 still locked in on the mission, man. It's just you know obviously it's perfect timing around you know playoffs and and stuff like that and playing the Rams. Uh, but you know, man, just want to stay focused. Just want to be smart with COVID. Uh, but at the end of the day, celebrating you know Christmas is 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 one of a kind. There's nothing like Christmas. Um, and man, you know, next year, hopefully it's going to be a different, you know, type of year for the world. Um, and you know, we get to, we get to have the family back for Christmas. So I'm, ex- I'm excited. I'm, I'm forever grateful. Um, I- I'm blessed. Um, no matter what the circumstance is, I- I'll definitely adjust to it. So man, Merry Christmas to everybody. Happy holidays. Jamal, what's the Adams family Christmas tradition? Yeah. Celebrate with the fam, man. Just being around family, being around your loved ones, being around, you know, people that, you love. Like I said, man, we're just always being around, you know, each other and, and cooking and, you know, watching some family, you know, movies and, you know, just just playing some games, letting the nieces and nephews run around and just just being around family, bro. That's what I'm about, man. We don't really have a special tradition. Uh, but yeah, man, just being around the fam. In a non-COVID year, do the Seahawks typically have a holiday party? I don't know, man. I don't know. That's a great question. I I, I don't think, you know... Pete, Pete, Coach Pete not getting down with it this year. There's no holiday parties at all, you know what I mean? Uh, but we do Secret Santa. You know, we did it We did it with the Jets. I did it, I'm doing it over here. Um, and I need to go get a present <laughs> for my guy. I'm glad I said that because this is my, this is my last, this is my last uh, day to do that, last day to be free. So I need to, I need to handle that. <laughs> Eric, would you say Christmas is important to you? My favorite holiday. It just brings two people together, man. It's just cool. Not really the gift giver. It's just the, the, I feel like it's the time of year where everyone's kind of just happy. It's my favorite holiday. What are your plans for this year? It's going to be tough. It's my first Christmas without my kids, uh, without my wife since we've been married. So it's been a long year, bro. It's been a long year and it's only getting longer. You just got to deal with it, bro. Take that on the chin. Know what you signed up for and deal with it. Any Ebron family traditions? I mean, we usually do matching pajamas. Like, we'll always go to sleep. And, uh, I know me and my wife, the last two years, we'll get all matching pajamas or we'll wake up and, like, dress up or in matching pajamas for the day. Um, I know we do that. So, I mean, yeah, we don't really have anything like tradition where we'd be like, okay, this is the year. But I do like the traveling Christmas idea. I do like that. Like, switching it up every now and again, that is pretty cool. Do coaches ever cut guys some slack during the holidays? Maybe give you time off? No, we practice. It's, I mean, we're still in season. Thanksgiving practice, wherever. Or we play on Thanksgiving. Whoever didn't play on Thanksgiving, I'm sure they practice. So, nah, man, we don't, we don't miss holidays. Or holidays don't affect nothing we do in the National Football League. I can't remember the last time I celebrated, like, 
you know, Christmas with absolutely nothing to do because football is always that bowl games um, in college or usually around that time if you're not good enough. <laughs> and then when you get to the National Football League, like I got drafted to Detroit. I was Thanksgiving, you know, every Thanksgiving and then Christmas, you know, we didn't make the playoffs a lot in Detroit. So Christmas was about the time where you, you know, you're like, all right, you know, we got two games left. Let's end on this good note. It's probably already like, you know, a sad like year. So it's, you know, never really, never really had like, you know, a Christmas where you just woke up and enjoyed the, the whole day. Not for a while. I haven't had one in a minute. Being alone and far from the family, this year is sounding a bit sad for you, huh? Yeah, bro. It is sad. It's a sad year, bro. It's been... Honestly, mentally, this has been one of the hardest years of my life football-wise. And I'm just so happy that we were winning games so early because it made everything that much easier to deal with. Now we just got to figure out a way to make this playoff push and get it together. It's been a tough year. (laughs) It's not always like this. When I got my family, like my dad, like when I was in Indy, like my dad came to Indy, my wife and kids, like I had a family thing, but now like Pittsburgh and COVID, it's like, it's too much, bro. So yeah, I have a black Christmas. I'm cool with it. Somebody better come on my porch and start singing us. <laughs> All right, Jamal, favorite all-time gift you've ever given? Honestly, it was just, it was just, you know, um, when I got into the league, just, you know, taking care of my parents. That's probably the best thing, you know, for me and, and taking care of my loved ones and, and you know, just 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 making sure that they're good. You know, that, that was the best gift for me, uh, you know, as far as like giving to them. You know, that's what that's what I'm about, bro. Emmanuel, favorite gift you've ever received? And my favorite childhood memory was probably opening up the PS. I think it was three or maybe two. I, I played that video game all night. I remember my mom let me like open the presents at midnight. And I, I played that game all night long till the next morning. Little kids got up and was unwrapping their gifts. And I was still playing the game. Eyes bloodshot red. I was so tired. And then I remember I was 13. I got uh, some baby blue Jordans. It was my first pair of Jordans. I, I never forgot those shoes. Eric, your turn. Favorite all-time gift you've ever received? Oh man, it was when I was younger, man. I got a I got a Dreamcast with Mortal Kombat Gold. I'll never forget it. And that joint was nasty. Mortal Kombat Gold had like all the characters. It was like one of the best Christmases. And then I got some Pokemon covers too. That was dope. For me, Christmas was one of the moments where you realize how blessed you really are. When you're like an instant millionaire and you know you can bless everybody in your family, your friends, even strangers a thousand times over without putting a dent in your bank account. Simultaneously, you see people struggle. You look at the people that work in the cafeteria, the people that clean up the facility, the people that work at the stadiums. So every year I made sure I I was one of the guys that put together a collection for all of the people in the facility that weren't making a ton of money. That that was the best part about the holiday season for me. Giving to someone that never expected anything from you. There you go. So yeah, the Christmas parties were definitely something I'll always remember. Um, and I remember playing on Christmas. I was playing for the Minnesota Vikings and we're in Baltimore. And this is Deion Sanders last year when they convinced him to come out of retirement. 
it was either the day before or the day of and i just thought it was the coolest thing because we were like the only show on tv at that moment and i remember thinking to myself man just ask dion for his cleats man it's christmas man he could be like santa claus right now but then the other name was like nah bro yeah you're a grown man and you're in the middle of a play bro focus on catching the ball why are you thinking about dion sanders cleats so i had this internal conflict with myself and the game ended i didn't ask for his cleats and it was it's one of my big regrets Before we close up shop for this week, it's time for Quick Outs. This week, the NFL family was saddened by the death of 58-year-old Hall of Fame linebacker Kevin Green. The legendary pass rusher was third all-time in sacks. He was also on the Jets coaching staff when Jamal was there, and he'd like to offer his condolences. Man, rest in peace uh, to, my, my, to my coach, man, KG. Um, he passed away yesterday. Um, that, that, was, that was, man, that was, that was tragic, man, hearing about that. You know, he was, he was my coach with the Jets for my first two years, um, linebackers coach, and uh, man, he's a legend. He's a legend. We had a lot of talks. Um, rest in peace to his soul. I'm praying for his family. Man, I'm, I was shocked by that, man. That, that, that definitely stung a little bit, man. And uh, you just gotta be thankful, man, because you just never know what anybody's going through. Um, I don't think anybody knew, you know what I mean? And KG's, he's, he's that type of guy, man. He, 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 doesn't, he doesn't have to tell anybody uh, what he's going through. He's going to always be positive. He's going to always smile and crack jokes. Uh, but, you know, you just never know, man. Just always check on people. And, uh, man, rest in peace to his soul, man. Love you, coach. Like Eric, Kevin Green played for the Steelers. Obviously, being here in Pittsburgh and being young, man, I never really watched football, so I don't really know much about Kevin Green. But I was just saying, I was watching, you know, this Pittsburgh posts a lot of things where they give away Hall of Famers and stuff. And I was like, I just saw him on, like, the Pittsburgh page. And man, he looked good, you know, and it and it sucks, bro. It sucks because someone could look, you know, so good. And, you know, you look at everybody and you just don't know what people are actually going through. So, man, it sucks. You just pray for it, man, and just hope everything gets better. Of course, it wouldn't be a Jamal Adams podcast without getting your take on something Jets related. Your former team just picked up its first win of the year beating the Rams 23 to 20. Hello, hello. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'm happy for those boys, man. I, I, I tweeted, you know, uh, after the game, I was on the plane. I was getting on the plane. We were about to fly back uh, to Seattle from Washington, man. And I seen those guys pull out the win, man. I'm so happy for them because I know how hard they work. And I know the guys and, and I know the character over there. Um, and so, you know, I was happy for my guys, man, to pull that win out. And it just so happened to be versus the Rams, uh, you know, in our division. So that was that was just like a, dub, a double whammy, man. So, bro, they play hard. They play hard. That defense is rolling. They, they play hard. And, and again, I know the character over there. I know who's coaching the defense. I know those guys. Denar Wilson, Frank Bush. I know those guys, right? They, 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 they're hungry. There's no let up, right? They're they're playing for more than just the the the, the wins and losses right now. They're playing for for their pride, their last name on their back. That matters. Every day's an interview. I know what's being taught over there. Every day's an interview. I know. I know. I'm, I'm, that's why I was so happy for them because I I know how bad they wanted that, right? And so salute to them, man. It's 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 always love. Eric has a typical Eric take on the Jets' victory over the Rams. Congrats, man. Shoot, they, they won more games than we did in the past three games. 
Oh, man. Jets are hotter than us right now. So, I mean, yeah, congrats, man. 0-16, that's something that nobody wants on their resume. You can't shake that. That's in history. So, happy they didn't, you know, happy they didn't do that. Emmanuel, what do you think about the Jets' upset win? And I have no comment on that, man. <laughs> and listen, if I wasn't in the NFL, I would definitely have comments on it. I have no comments on that because Adam Gase is my old offensive coordinator. You know, I got a lot of love for Adam, but I'm like, I'm like, Jesus, man. Like, but it's like one of those situations, right? And everybody's like, oh, like you should, uh, you sh- they should have lost that game. I'm like, if I'm on the Jets, I'm not suiting up to no game saying I'm just going to let y'all win because these are the players that's playing. The coaches, they don't really have any say-so in it. Like, they could try to blow the game by throwing bullshit coverage, but if the players are making plays, the players going to go hard no matter what, right? Because they're, they're, they're paid. So, really, like, it's not really the Jets' coaches' fault or the GM fault or nobody. It's just the players, they're out there playing ball, right? And the Rams played – they didn't play that well that day, and the Jets played better. But that just goes to show that, like, the NFL, like, that's the reason why people love to watch NFL football, and that's the reason why so many people win money and lose money, right? Because it's unpredictable. Like, you really can't predict it, you know, because any given Sunday, that's what they say, any given Sunday, anybody can win. Each of the guys would also like to pass along holiday messages and well wishes. Jamal? No, man, just, you know, enjoy your family. Enjoy your loved ones and and, and happy holidays. Understand the reason behind it and um, just know everybody's everybody's blessed. Everybody's, you know, fortunate. Um, No matter what the circumstance is, um, no matter the highs and lows, just keep going. Keep 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 throwing punches and and, and keep marching. Uh, Keep your head down. Keep grinding um, because you just never know when 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 that light is going to shine and it's going to shine soon. So. I'm just praying for everybody. Stay healthy and happy holidays. How about you, Emmanuel? Merry Christmas to everyone. I hope everyone have a uh, a, a great Christmas. Uh, I hope it's filled with a lot of love and a lot of blessings. And I hope everyone enjoys it. And to close out the show, Eric. The year is almost over. 2020 is almost over. I know it's hard to believe. You probably stepped outside a number of 20, no more than 20 times. You know what I'm saying? So it's crazy how how much this year has impacted everyone's life but it's almost over man and we get left with a new year and a christmas celebration so everyone just try to enjoy what we have you know what i'm saying i feel like this christmas we should be really appreciative of everything we have man everybody should because this year lets you know that anything could go anyone anything whatever could happen so everybody should just be thankful man that what we got is what we got who we who's here is who's here and just you know cherish it bro That's it for this episode of 17 Weeks. We hope that you guys out there have a safe and wonderful holiday. This show is brought to you by Uninterrupted and SiriusXM and Pandora. You can listen to it on demand on SiriusXM and for free on the Pandora app. The show is also available on Apple Podcasts and other podcast platforms. Wherever you listen to it, though, be sure to subscribe and get notified because the new episodes drop every Thursday, fam. And if you like what you heard, which I know you do because this is pure fire, share it. Share it with your people so they can enjoy the show too. You feel me? I'm your host, Nate B. Shout out to my co-host, Jamal Adams, Emmanuel Sanders, and Eric Ebron. The show is executive produced by John Fontanelli. Our producer is Josh Rodriguez. Our associate producer is Logan Castrodale. 
Editing and sound designed by Chris Watherspoon. The show is also produced by Chris Tyler and Andrew Emmer. Brandon Gitches, Senior Director, Podcast Production at SiriusXM. Andy King, Director, Sports Programming at SiriusXM. And it's written by John McLaughlin. Archival sound courtesy of ESPN and NFL Network. All right, till next week, we out.